Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you live enthusiastically today and tomorrow and every other day of your life. I'm your host, Dr. Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also author of the best-selling and award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is www.thementalhealthgym. I am always happy to hear from you with your thoughts and suggestions, both in the general mental health area and the rejuvenating area, and even with suggestions for future podcasts. As those of you who have listened before know that many of our guests are really people who live their lives with enthusiasm and have guidance to help us do so in the most effective way so that we can be the best version of ourselves. Today's guest is no exception. We're happy to bring to you Teresa Barnes, who is a registered nurse and the principal of Hear Communication, an educational company that helps connect businesses with the hearing impaired. She's the author of Sound Advice, Tune Into Listening, really great book, and she's the patent owner of the Hearing Friendly Decal which will soon be a national symbol for those who are hard of hearing. Teresa, thanks very much for joining us on the Rejuvenating Podcast. We're so happy to have you with us. Thank you, Dr. Ron. Let's get started. You have a topic that I know is of interest to many, many people. And I guess maybe the first thing we should do is get the definition. You know, because I know when we get into the hearing area, there are different categories. And so I'm just wondering, what is hearing impaired? Is that deaf? Is it partial hearing loss? What are we talking about when we get into your area? Well, for ease of understanding, I'm going to explain it to you with just two classifications. It's much more diverse than that. There are the deaf, which they have an absence of hearing. So there's no hearing, they can't process sound at all. The majority use American Sign Language or ASL in the United States. It's a beautiful language. It's a language unto itself. And then the second category is what's still legally called hard of hearing. Shortness of that is HOH. We're also known as the hear less group or a term that I coined called the hearific and terrific to empower people with hearing loss and to have fun with this depressing disease. (laughs) And it's something that we are all, on my business card, I say hearing impaired because medically, if your ear organs are broken, you are impaired. Your ear organs are broken. It does not mean the person is impaired. It just means your ear organs are broken, so they're impaired. And that's the definition of that. I hope that clears it up. Yeah, thank you. That's very helpful. Is it for most people who are hearing impaired, are we talking about a lifelong genetic condition? Is it something that occurs over time? Is it a category that includes lots of things? Just who fits in that category? Well, I personally was born with hearing loss, and that was determined because I'm missing my vowels and my consonants. And audiologists inform me of that. So I have a 50% hearing loss is what I have, even though I'm a former emergency room head nurse. So you can be born with it. There are 200 different 
what's called autotoxic or ear toxic medications that can knock out your hearing overnight. So it's important to Google your medications and figure out whether they're safe for you or not. Your adaptation on when you get hearing loss really kind of determines how you function with this particular disability. That's what it is. It's a disability. So if you've had it during childhood, by the time you get to be 21, you pretty much know what to do. That doesn't mean the manager that you're working for knows how to accommodate you, though. So sometimes people will get bad job performance reviews because the manager didn't recognize that they have hearing loss. And that's one of the things I do teach companies. When people are adults and they lose their hearing or part of their hearing, then they're called late deafened adults. I don't really like that term, but there is a support group for them as well, okay? And so it just depends on when you get your hearing loss, how you're able to function. And the old concept was is that it was an older person problem or disease. That is no longer the case. It's one out of five. That's a John Hopkins medical study that we have hearing loss now. So we need to do something to take that stigma away from hearing loss and to let those people who have it function fully and completely. And so that's one of the things that my company here Communication aims to do is to give people better understanding about this particular health topic, taking it to the 21st century like heart health was in the 20th. So it's really fantastic work that you're doing because I know I work in the headache field to a certain extent, and I suspect that people with hearing loss have some of the same problems of, you know, they don't have a cast or a walker or some kind of badge that makes it very obvious to an employer. And in some cases, they wind up being treated unfairly just because they look like everybody else who doesn't have that particular impairment. So I'm wondering if somebody is a really motivated employer, somebody who really wants to do right, but just doesn't have experience with this stuff. They didn't teach it in business school, something like that. What do you actually do? How do you help them to accommodate people who have hearing loss? Well, here in Carlsbad, the Carlsbad Business Chamber did become a certified hearing-friendly business on June the 3rd of this year. Mayor San Marcos has acknowledged the work that I've done to help the residents with hearing loss. So if you can see this symbol that I'm wearing, somebody can wear something like this to give this disability visibility. And then for people who have it, they can also wear it on, put it in their cubicle space. And therefore, it reminds the coworkers and reminds the managers that they need to get in front of that person to do face-to-face speaking. In a home environment, sometimes I'll take the same symbol and I'll turn it upside down. So my family knows that I don't have my hearing aids right now. I'm taking quiet time or private time. And so therefore, they can talk about me all they want, but I'm probably not going to hear them. So it's important to be able to speak slowly and succinctly for people with hearing loss because the vowels and consonants are in the 50 to 60 decibel range of hearing loss, which is what most people have. So we're trying to figure out, did you say may, day, gay, fay, way? Was it the woman K or the woman fay? 
and the millennial do speak fast now. I can speak at 105, but I can't listen at 105. So we may be on sentence one with hearing loss, still trying to figure out what does that person say? Where it's the customer service person or your coworker may be on sentence five. So that's why you need to keep it to what's called the old BG song, which is a four count. Do, 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 stand alive, stand alive. Do, 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 stand alive, stand alive. And that's what I used to do CPR to, cardiac resuscitation in the emergency room. And that will help people with hearing loss stay connected because it's an isolating disease. And depression is one of the side effects. So you want to get your hearing tested. <laughs> I really recommend that people get it done every year for all ages, just like you get a body exam and you get your oil chain at every 3,000 miles. Why not get your hearing tested every year to see where it's at? So it gives you parameters to look at. Yeah, well, I have a confession to make, and maybe you can help me with, with my thoughts on it, but Last winter, I noticed a hearing problem in my left ear, which was my is my phone ear. So I was noticing it and went in, the otolaryngologist cleaned it out, arranged to have a hearing test. Even before I got to the, the hearing test, it seemed to be a problem again. And it ultimately, it was found to uh, be a bacterial infection and got it taken care of got the hearing tested, and I was pretty good. But I remember during that couple of weeks period, I began to kind of catastrophize about what it would be like to wear hearing aids. You know, and I was just wondering, I kind of, in my own mind, thought, geez, this is, this is going to be hard to get used to. I'm going to get feedback. How do you answer the phone? How big a problem is, first of all, do most hearing impaired people wear or need to wear hearing aids? And secondly, you know, is it pretty much something like glasses where you get used to it and it's not a big deal after all? I'm going to switch that terminology from hearing aids to medical prosthetic hearing devices. Because on the outside of the box, it says that it's a medical device. It's not a cosmetic device, which is what the insurance companies have. They have it listed and they're insurance things, so that's why we have to pay for them. But a medical prosthetic hearing device. Because now there's a nonprofit called the Challenge Athletes Foundation. And even there was a little girl that I saw that had prosthetic limbs. So people can see those prosthetic limbs, and those people are considered heroes. So if we can switch this just a little bit to get rid of that word hearing aid, an aid, I mean, you know, we've got AIDS and then an aid. And if we can switch it to medical prosthetic hearing devices, because those people that have cochlear implants, which I did help the youngest baby in the United States get them almost 14 years ago. And at that time, it was exploratory surgery. So if we, with hearing aids or medical prosthetic hearing devices, can just switch that a little bit. So yes, it takes about seven years before someone will somebody say maybe your granddaughter said hey grandpa i think you need to get some hearing aids 
<laughs> or your grandson, whatever the case may be, or your wife. Yeah, uh, and then lots it, of people in my all, family. You know, all, all the above. <laughs> so it takes the average person seven years to finally get the test. And then it takes a minimum of three months to get acclimated to them. And just two weeks ago, I talked to a man that was in his 50s. And he told me that his ear, nose, and throat doctor, which they also dispense hearing aids and do the test, he questioned the doctor why he was looking at all kinds of people's faces all the time. And the doctor said, oh, you're just lip reading. Well, why this medical doctor did not tell this young man <laughs> when he first got the hearing aids, I don't know. So they are, they are, hearing aids are something that you do need to get used to. It is something that you need to learn where to go, say, in restaurants to sit. And then there's all kinds of different things that you adapt to. And then you need to wear them for about 30 minutes. And so when we have two kinds of people. Well, there's actually three that dispense them. First of all, you have the hearing aid dispenser. The requirements in California is that they have a high school education at least a high school education. They can have more. And then they are, they do the audiology exams. They dispense hearing aids. Then you have what's called, I call the next level up, the person who has their master's degree in audiology. And that's being done away with out here in California. But at least they have the science background of that. So they do, are registered in California. You know, that's where I am, so I don't know what your law is. <laughs> but, but they simply do the audiology exam and dispense hearing aids. But at least if you have something like tinnitus or ringing in your ears or wax in your ears, or whatever the case was with you, then at least that person with a little bit more knowledge, scientifically based, would say, oh, you need to go see an MD, an ENT, or an audiologist. An audiologist is a doctor of audiology, just like you're a doctor of psychology. Same thing. AUD, so four more years of training in that specialty. No different. And out here, they're going to try to make that a requirement because there has been a lot of scams, <laughs> and, and in particular with the more mature adult who doesn't have as much knowledge as I have on this topic and trying to get them to buy the hearing aids. So one reason why the cost is so high is because as long you have, once you have them, it's three months that you can then return them. So you try them out, you don't like them, you hate them, you spend a thousand or five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars for them that's how high up they can go a piece, then you can return them. So do return them. Do not keep them in the drawer. And if for some reason somebody in your family has passed, then you can donate them to the Lions Club and they will refurbish them and give them to somebody else who can't afford to pay for them. So it's, just, you know, recycling. And then the other thing is, is that it's something that for your own personal health, you want to get hearing aids as soon as you need them. Because Helen Keller said, <laughs> that, this is not an exact quote, but Helen Keller said basically that she was both blind and deaf. She said that deafness basically isolates you from people, whereas to sight, because she was both, disconnects you from things. And she said, and we're talking about 1897 or so, that hearing is a social sense. 
So we need, this is a social disease and it's a health disease. And so what I'm doing is I'm helping businesses become certified hearing friendly with training and certification to teach those millennials what they need to know about this topic. So then they can go and teach their children and their parents and their grandparents. So that's really my aim to get up on the corporate stages where these millennials can learn this and then they can take a lot that I know and share it. Or they can buy something like this book, Found Advice, Tune Into Listening, and a lot of this information is in this. Because across the United States, we are 65 million people with hearing loss taking the John Hopkins 20% extraction. And the wheelchair people are only 2.2 men. That's all. The blind are 1.1 men. So this is a topic that is now covered by the ADA 2010 law. Those people that are hearing aids and cochlear implants or the medical prosthetic devices. So we need to bump it up and help people, businesses in particular, learn what to do so that they can help people that wear hearing aids to learn to come and spend their money in their location and to keep, in particular, seniors, seniors as in I'm a senior, you're a senior, so we're over 65, and that, I think, starts at 55 now. So, 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 But to keep us active and to keep us engaged so that we don't get isolated. Well, you're doing, obviously, very, very important work and working with the businesses. Before we actually pushed record, you told me something that's kind of important to me, working in the health psychology and prevention area. I believe you said something that I hadn't heard before, that what we eat can actually have an impact on hearing. And I'm all for prevention and delaying things as long as possible. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. The four basic minerals are magnesium, potassium, zinc, and folate, okay? The magnesium, folate, and zinc, you can find in the banana, okay? So the banana has all three of those. In our day, we used to see an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Well, eat a banana and get all those minerals you need. And in the Kind Bar, there's a Kind Bar now, and the Kind Bar has dark chocolate, which has zinc in it. So those are the main ones. And if you are a drinker, then red wine helps vasodilate the blood vessels, so it helps the nutrients come in and the waste come out. The hammer, the anvil, and the stapes are the three smallest bones in the body. They're the ones that vibrate on the ear from the cochlear. So therefore, in the teenage years in particular, people need to boost up their calcium level. There is a product called Mama Chia, C-H-I-A, like the little dog that we used to have. Mama Chia that actually they claim they have 10 times more calcium. And so you know how we have osteopenia and osteoporosis when people get to be older because they don't have enough calcium in their system? So you want to check with your doctor (laughs) on all of that, but make sure you have enough calcium in your system. And at University of Pennsylvania, where you're at on the East Coast, they did a study that said that a Guinness Stout had enough iron in it to help with certain health issues pertaining to the ear. So Guinness Scout was another one. 
You don't want to eat a lot of things that will, number one, for prevention thing, and this is not food, but loud noise is the number one cause of hearing loss. So you wouldn't consider pouring water on your computer or your smartphone. That's what loud noise does to the cochlear hair cells. There are 22,000 of them, hopefully, in there trying to figure out what their sound is. Once they hear it, they capture it. They convert it from mechanical energy into electrical energy. They send it off to the brain in 0.05 seconds. So hearing is your first sense, your last sense, and your quickest sense. So you want to keep it, and your social sense. So you want to keep it as active as you can. And then you don't want to have a lot of products that have um, mucus buildup. Like, I'll pick on yogurt, I can pick on a lot of things, but things that basically build up mucus inside your system, and you want to stay away from cigarette smoking, because it makes the blood vessel smaller. You, you know, if you're going to drink, then you already heard what you need to drink, and you want to really do healthy food, so the more nutritious, the better, you know? And there is a product called Ring Stop that can actually, for some people, it's been known to stop the ringing in the ears. It doesn't work for all. They also say hearing aids will help with that, or white noise. Okay, well that's- Quite a bit, right? Yeah, really, really <laughs> practical and fascinating. But there's a whole chapter here in this book on that. Okay, great, well I'm sure that- It's available on Amazon. Okay, great. I'm sure that people will be looking to purchase it. We'll also have it mentioned in the show notes, so if somebody doesn't catch it, but I know it's a very, very valuable book, and we can see just from some of the advice that you're giving, just the kind of practical things that can help people, even if they don't own a business, to help manage their own health care. Well, as a person with hearing loss, if you're going to go into a business, then the business owner needs to learn how to accommodate you. And if you, uh, you with a person with hearing loss, you need to be able to speak up and tell them that you have a hearing loss. You'd like to sit in a quiet area in the restaurant. Okay, it is an ADA right, as you with a person to have that. You can kick the people in the private dining room out. That's a law, you know. I've never done it. I know that right. <laughs> But, but, but ask for a quiet area and then let the person who is talking fast, if they're talking too fast for you to hear it, then just say, I need you to speak face to face with the lighting on the hearing impaired person's back because we're speech reading, whether you know it or not. I mean, it's just one of those things. And so it is something that the person with hearing loss, they can't see you have it. So if you're not going to wear a decal, you know, <laughs> then speak up and let them see it. Let them know, you know, that you need help. My own aunt is deaf. And one of the advantages of being deaf is if you do American Sign Language, they see that. And then they feel empathy for you. I've got blonde hair and been called a dumb blonde more than once, as well as a moron, because I didn't respond back the right way. And it's just because I have a hearing loss and they couldn't see it. So individuals that have hearing loss need to speak up because it erodes your self-confidence or your self-esteem. And a lady asked me to write a chapter of my book on how not to embarrass the hearing impaired person. And so it is in there. 
<laughs> because of her. <laughs> and so what happens is, is that if you are an adult and the person you're with is an adult and they have a hearing loss, or even if you have a child that has hearing loss, then let us speak up for ourselves if we want that other person to know we have a hearing loss. There is nothing worse than standing there next to someone, especially if they're educated, and they stand there and say, oh, she had the hearing loss. I'm thinking to myself, I could have spoken up for myself if I wanted that person to know. Maybe I'm using it to my advantage to not be able to hear them. So people need to speak up for that. Yeah, I think that one of the things you mentioned in passing is pretty important for parents of children who have a hearing loss. I think it's real, real important to advocate for them because those are the ages where you really begin to build in self-image and positive mental health strategies. And to be able to thrive and be enthusiastic about you as a total person rather than focusing on one particular thing, but rather make sure that you get the modifications if you're a parent of a child who needs to sit closer to the front or where they can see the teacher's lips better or whatever it may be. I think there's lots of things that you're providing in terms of advice for individuals. I know you're doing a great job with business. I think the uh, the one remaining question I have, you, you did say that you were an emergency room head nurse. So you obviously had a particular direction what made you kind of make this kind of the the passion in your life? Well, my defining moment, number one, when I was working and even when I was growing up, I didn't know that I that this was a disability. I didn't get my first set of hearing aids until 22 years old after nursing school as a head nurse of an intensive care unit when another nurse recommended that I get it. Okay? So I took my little, once I got my hearing aids, for the first time, I heard bird chirping and frogs croaking. And we thought, I heard a hissing noise in ICU. I didn't know what it was. So I asked the other nurse once we got all the patients settled. I said, let's go find out what this new noise is. <laughs> and it was just an old-fashioned radiator that I had uh, at a hospital, Virginia Commonwealth University, so MCB, which is down in Richmond, Virginia, where I had trained at that I had never heard before. So that boosted my self-confidence. So I moved back to San Diego, my hometown. I married a cardiologist. I had two children. I took them and their little friends, so they were all under driving age, and I was the only adult up to Mammoth, which is a ski resort, to go skiing for the winter ski break. The last day, last run, some giant man crashed into me from behind, didn't help me, and blah, 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 blah. I had a life-threatening, potentially life-threatening accident just because of the impact of the man. When I luckily did come to and got my skis back on, then I asked him, I said, did you see me? And he yelled belligerently back at me, didn't I hear him yell to the left? Well, no, I have a 50% hearing loss and I'm not wearing $5,000 hearing aids on a ski slope. You know? I mean, one bump and they're gone. I've even lost them when I've done ballroom dancing because a man accidentally hit me against the head, you know, the wrong way. So that was my passion. I did research with a doctor, David Woodruff, who's an AUD, so a doctor of audiology, that wrote the state board question. He said in 2500 BC, so before Christ, in the Olmec culture, 
people wore a symbol that I'll be happy to send to you via email, the picture, where people with hearing loss were considered special. So therefore, they wore a symbol similar to this, and they also had it posted outside of their door front. And then Dr. Ray Tribus shared with me, he was a psychologist from Gallaudet that was now the director of the Deaf Community Service Center. And he shared with me some of the challenges that the deaf people go through. And I thought, you know, something needs to be done. I'm going to give up my emergency room nursing, <laughs> which is what I was doing at the time. And I'm going to care for the world in a different way. And I did start on it. I did give up on it. But I'm now back on it. And we're going to somehow or another get it done because I feel it's the mission that's been given to me to accomplish and then to pass it on to someone else. So when I'm dead and gone, that logo will still be here where that middle child, the people with mild to profound hearing loss, can wear something like this. The teachers will be trained because just in 2017, there was a young woman out in Santee, which is just a little suburb from where I am, who the teacher didn't even see that this child had hearing loss. And she had what's called microtia, which means she had no outer earlobes. <laughs> it was seeable. <laughs> and the teacher went to the back of the class, walked around the classroom, didn't accommodate this kid at all. And the mother, because the child got bullied so much, like I used to get bullied, finally took her out of, I think, middle school or junior high. So we need to change. I mean, we have gay rights, we have civil rights, and we have feminist rights. So it's now time for horrific and terrific rights <laughs> to change this, this venue. Well, I'm sure that the world is a much better place for you having made that slight <laughs> career change. I'm glad you're willing to share your story and your knowledge with us. Thank you very much for coming on the Rejuvenating Podcast. How can people get in touch with you? I'm sure a lot of people are inspired by what you have to say and whether they're from the business world or whether we're talking about individuals, how can people be in touch with you? Well, the name of my company is Hear, H-E-A-R, Communication, singular, C-O-M-M-U-N-I-C-T-I-O-N.com. I'm also on all the social media as Teresa, without an H, Barnes, R-N. And on LinkedIn, I'm on here, Teresa Barnes, R-N. So that's all my social handles. <laughs> also, for the younger set that like it quick and sweet, I have the uh, website called here, the letter C. This is the symbol for C in sign language, C.com. So here's C.com. And I have two telephone numbers. You can directly reach me at 760-717-8190. Or if you're international, you can reach me at 800 491 9483. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to help you help me. I'd love for you to become a hearing friendly supporter. So as an individual, you can become a hearing friendly supporter. Just go on my website, hearcommunication.com. Great. And we will have all this contact information in the show notes. So uh, if somebody is listening in the car or doesn't have something to mark it down with, they will be permanently available in the show notes. Teresa, thanks so much. Really, really, really appreciate 
you sharing your stories and your wisdom with us. And again, for all the listeners who are interested in being in touch, and I'm sure there will be a substantial number, the contact information will be available to you. And as you know, you can always contact me at ron.kaiser at mentalhealthgym.com with all of your questions in the mental health area, as well as suggestions for future podcasts. And on that note, we're going to sign off and wish everybody a real, real good day and real good week till the next podcast.